1: Attire and aesthetic is crucial to the presentation of a pro wrestler. Stone Cold Steve Austin wore plain black trunks to reflect his anti-hero edge. The man played the role of an ass-kicking avatar for the working classes. Bret Hart wore black, but he also wore pink. An iconic and audacious colour scheme, but one that worked because it fused the legitimacy and beauty of his incredible technicality. So when a wrestler with an established sartorial style makes an out-of-character gear choice that doesn't quite hit the mark, you can only hope and there's a really good explanation for it. I am Adam Nicholas. This is what culture wrestling and these are 10 strange wrestling attire choices explained. Number 10, Shawn Michaels brown tights. Shawn Michaels experimented with his colour scheme a bit during his first major singles run. He would often wear red in the early to mid-90s to symbolise his status as a heel heartthrob. Deeper into the decade, he celebrated his rise to the main event as a babyface by wearing white and gold at WrestleMania 12. These were fantastic choices. The former colour represented the innocence of the boyhood dream and the gold symbolised his realisation of it. Despite a phenomenal run of matches, the bit didn't take, and he'd turn heel in 1997 and start wearing black because, you know, That's what bad guys do. Less fantastic, however, was his gear at Survivor Series 2002, at which he realised a dream once again after four years in grim exile. Adopting Brown as Earth to symbolise his creation by God, it really looked like, well, to be honest, it looked like Sean sh- himself. On top of that, the ball cut didn't much help this inadvertent soccer mom look he'd created, which the Heartbreak Kid immediately abandoned thereafter. Number 9, Triple H, cycling shorts. Around 2003, Triple H, in a continuation of his I'm as good as Ric Flair was in the late 1980s, after all, I hold the same belt phase, experimented with a palette beyond his usual black trunks. He wore a pair of lilac trunks in a programme with Kevin Nash that didn't illuminate how drab those three, yes, three pay-per-view matches actually were, but still, they were rather fetching. Later in the year when programmed with Goldberg, Triple H ultimately went over with a really strange sartorial choice. In that match that Goldberg did win but didn't get over because it was bloody long and unflattering, Triple H wore these cycling shorts. Now Triple H didn't wear the shorts in a bid to stand out where his trademark match didn't. He had torn his groin in an earlier encounter and wore these compression tights to work around the injury. So thankfully he wasn't just a sad middle-aged dude who thought a biker aesthetic would make him look cool. Although saying that, It was WrestleMania 33. Number eight, Goldberg those Royal Rumble shorts. Goldberg was as similarly unfussy as Stone Cold Steve Austin in his career peak of 1998. He too wore black trunks to get over as a badass kicker who didn't even have to prepare much less dress up for his matches. He would snap his opponents in half in a matter of minutes. That was in WCW. In WWE, he only tinkered with that gear very very slightly, decorating his trunks with a little bit of white every now and again along with the tribal tattoo design that I'm pretty sure he actually has on himself. But beyond that he was the same old Goldberg. Well, he was made to work over long competitive matches that destroyed his aura to a point that he wasn't the same for 13 years, but he looked the same, more or less. He didn't, however, at Royal Rumble 2021, where he put over Drew McIntyre in a decent approximation of the old Goldberg vintage, given the fact that the man is 54 years of age. He wore baggy shorts because in getting a late call to actually do the match, he hadn't had the time to get his legs in prime Goldberg shape. Although, let's be honest, Goldberg's physique, at its worst, is still better than most. Number 7, Seth Rollins, all-white gear. Okay, a slight departure here in that the gear Seth Rollins wore at SummerSlam 2015 wasn't exactly inexplicable. It was inexplicable that he didn't dust it off for every big match day after, because look how good this gear is. He was at the peak of his powers that year, which makes it all the more shameful that he spent most of it playing the role of a grown man, negged by Triple H and Stephanie McMahon, who frequently bollocked him for relying on the help of his heel stablemates in a storyline development that was meant to mirror Triple H's role in Evolution, in which he relied on the help of his heel stablemates. Weirdly, this Guardian Angel administers tough love deal didn't get over, and Rollins was later buried with CM Punk chance when he finally did turn face. But in the ring, Rollins was on fire, giving John Cena the best matches of his own best run, and he never looked better, literally, than he did at SummerSlam 2015. Resplendent in white, he looked as pristine as his lung-bursting work. Rollins was a character desperate to prove his worth as the chosen ace, and this was realized gloriously in his frenetic performances. And he never wore that gear again, simply, Because Vince McMahon is insane. And not only that, but Seth Rollins has actually said as much himself while answering the question at an autograph signing. He's a weird old man who doesn't understand that people think it's the coolest gear they've ever seen, Seth revealed. And in fairness, he's not wrong. Number six, The Rock. That tracksuit. The Rock had a fantastic pro wrestling physique. Tall and muscular, those massive thighs were pronounced quite marvelously in his black trunks, the minimal decoration on which helped the character to not descend into the realm of a cartoon. He was all business in that ring, which contrasted well with the outrageous button shirts he'd wear, trash-talking his opponents to get into it. In every respect, there were none better at putting on a show than The Rock. Which is why it was weird that in a strange enforced period, The Rock took to wearing a tracksuit as 1998 turned into 1999. Here he was, The Rock, who ordinary oozed style and charisma suddenly decked out in an all-black baggy tracksuit that made him look distinctly average Joe. And even worse, he went for two stripes, two stripes, which back in the late 90s, for a man who was earning more than enough money to buy all three stripes of Adidas, this was a puzzling choice indeed. As it turns out, as later confirmed by Bruce Pritchard, The Rock chose to have elective cosmetic surgery and the tracksuit simply covered up the scars. So there you go, even The Rock, the most charismatic man in sports entertainment, gets self-conscious every now and again. Number five, CM Punk, Stone Cold T-Shirt. On June 27th, 2011, CM Punk, even if indirectly, changed the course of professional wrestling in North America forever. He illuminated the vast systemic issues with authority and an electrifying, unifying venom. This contrarian address created an appetite for change at the root. The expectation of a better WWE never left certain fans, and this expectation enabled the rise of literally everything. New Japan, Ring of Honor, Bullet Club, Being the Elite, and ultimately, all elite wrestling. Punk was allowed to achieve his ambitions with an unscripted promo and he did it all while wearing a stone cold Steve Austin t-shirt. Given the timing of this as Punk's contract was running out and the substance of the pipe bomb, debuting a new CM Punk shirt at this point might have given the game away. But interestingly enough, that didn't actually factor into it. This wasn't a cute nod or a spiritual connection to what he was doing, he simply didn't have any CM punk shirts on him at the time and the only one he could find in the back was far too big. So rather than look ridiculous, he picked up a Stone Cold Steve Austin t-shirt and the rest is history. Number four, Cody Rhodes darkened aesthetic. When it comes to Cody Rhodes in AEW, he's in a position where he can do certain things to get himself over as a star. The man is in control of his everything. His pyro is loud and excessive. He's sometimes backed by an entourage and he bleeds in certain matches in an attempt to elicit sympathy. Now that last Rhodes trademark, not that he invented it, rendered the decision to dye his hair black in the summer of 2020 somewhat strange. He was approaching an awesome claret drenched war with the late, great Mr. Brodie Lee and his beach blonde hair would have been a canvas for blood. In the end, it didn't matter much. The oppressive humidity evaporated the blood almost instantly, and the match was such a futuristic and committed old-school war that the content didn't rely on head-shaking, blood-spraying histrionics. Cody would later go on to explain that his image change was a riff on the death of Superman. He darkened his aesthetic to cast doubt over his ability to overcome this monstrous threat, one that had already completely and utterly squashed him, but I think it's fair to say was disappointed, and nobody got it. Number three, Bret Hart. Pink singlet, no tights. Now, this is the Bret Hart Survivor Series moment you should be talking about because it reflects his genius, unlike Montreal, which has defined his career in an altogether less flattering way. In a sublime twist on the Survivor Series gimmick that informed the next glorious nine months of the hitman's career, the WWF birthed the monster of a storyline development. Originally scheduled to face Jerry Lawler and three masked knights alongside his band of brothers, Lawler was replaced by Shawn Michaels following his rape indictment. That the plots didn't quite dovetail didn't Really matter because what followed was so inspired. Hart won the match for his team but not after Owen was eliminated by Michaels. This set in motion the events of Owen's legendary heel turn and in a far more textured narrative than fans had come to expect of the WWF, it was halfway justified. Hart symbolized his allegiance to his brothers by wearing a singlet instead of his trademark vest and tights but he deviated from the color scheme. He wore pink because his brothers wore black. This wonderful detail allowed fans to understand Owen's gripe. On a subliminal level, Brett just had to stand alone even when he feigned not to. Number two, Stone Cold Steve Austin, pink tape. Believe it or not, Stone Cold Steve Austin actually did wear a bright colour in the Stone Cold guys once upon a time. Even the best and most secure top stars have experienced a sort of mid-career fashion crisis. Triple H just needed a hat to convince people he was cool. Bret Hart, away from the game for a while, wore an orange trim at Survivor Series 1996. Steve Austin, however, never did. He might have toyed with a blood-red font on his waistcoat, if he was feeling a little frisky, but the man wore black trunks every damn day. And I can only hope they weren't the same pair. Except for one time in Q8, while working with Shawn Michaels. I mean, look at these images. Was Austin mimicking Bret Hart as part of their awesome rivalry? Or was he just having one of those days? Well, as of transpires, it was a lot less exciting than that. Per revelation on his podcast, he was simply trying to play a rib on Shawn Michaels in a bid to make him crack. And number one, with a bullet, The Undertaker accidental American badass. The Undertaker dropped the supernatural aspects of his persona in 2000 and started listening to Limp Bizkit to fit in with his friends and the fellow Attitude Era crowd. Taker's run as the American badass is received very subjectively. Some fans love the idea of the Undertaker rolling to the ring in a Harley and adopting the gruff swagger of a more traditional hard man. I mean, the last ride was undoubtedly, objectively, Absolutely class, but some others absolutely loathed his humorless, aloof drawl, particularly when measured against his declining performance level and unwillingness to put over a younger generation that made everything a bit more fun. Oddly, Taker wore similar gear at the 1998 Mayhem in Manchester, UK, Mega House Show. He looked like he'd just stepped off the plane, and that's because, well, he had. There's no real secret here other than The Undertaker is an idiot who didn't pack his gear in his hand luggage. Which is all pretty ironic really, because can you imagine what he would do to someone in wrestler's court, a younger wrestler in particular, if they decided to turn up for a wrestling show without the gear? Double standards, Marcus. Double standards.